0: You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hey, let me ask you a question. What are you afraid of? Seriously, what are some of the things that you're truly afraid of? I was looking at a list from 2017 and, uh, said bad politicians, loss of healthcare, high medical bills, war, pollution, identity theft, loved ones dying or getting ill, loss of electricity or internet, unemployment, heights, public speaking, sharks, tornadoes, saw a movie preview, didn't watch it, but I saw a movie preview for sharknadoes. What are they? Shark filled tornadoes. That would be fun. Uh, pandemics (laughs) were what they're afraid of. Yeah, we know how that goes now. Uh, Needles, flying, clowns, probably flying clowns too. Uh, Anyway, uh, there's a bunch more on America's Top Fears uh, from 2017 that uh, some of their fears are being realized now in 2020. I wonder what the list will look like when this is all over. Anyway, so fears. Fears can be big things. Fears can be little things. Fears can be behavior changing. Fear can actually be good. Fear can help preserve your life. But uh, I was a little fearful to wear this sweatshirt because it's not really formal for a church video. But the room that I'm in is cold and my wife just bought me this sweatshirt and it is very comfortable and warm. And uh, I was afraid of what you might think, but I'm talking about victory over fear. So let me take the victory and let me wear my sweatshirt. All right. Uh, what are some fears that may help preserve your life or make you a better person? Uh Well, uh, fear of, or a respecter of heights, uh, so you don't fall to your death, Um, fear of fire, fear of uh, so many things that can help preserve your life and keep you safe, fear of hurting somebody's feelings or being misunderstood, just being careful to be a good person because you fear a misunderstanding. Um, What could you do if you were not so afraid? Maybe you'd be more successful. Maybe you could be more successful at sharing the gospel and serving Jesus if you weren't so afraid. Or if you decide to go the no fear route, maybe you will increase your medical expenses and damage more property. So anyway, I want to talk to you about victory over fear. And there's just so many things I could say. I could write a book, uh, but I only have like 30 minutes or so. And in this time, I have a really funny video if you stick with me until the... um, middle of the video, um, about, uh, how people read into things and, uh, have fears. They manufacture fears. Anyway, um, so in this 30 minute message, uh, there's no way I can fix your fears, but maybe I can point you in the right direction. Uh, that would be like sitting down with a fitness instructor or a nutritionist for half an hour, getting the information and then all of a sudden you're fit or you're super healthy just because of that. No, it's uh, more of a lifestyle, uh, more of a series of changes and choices to help you to overcome fear. Uh, kind of like that, eat this, not that book. That uh, helps you make healthy choices when it comes to eating. So in the time I have, I want to talk to you about uh, fear this and don't fear that in the time that I have might be a better title. But uh, my three points are number one, fear the Lord. Number two, fear the consequences. And number three, fear less in jesus so i'm pastor chris from river rock church and i thank you for spending a little time here so uh just real quick let me tell you a little story i'm a respecter of heights so i'm not necessarily fearful of heights but i'm a respecter of heights um when i was in junior high or maybe even a little younger i used to spend a lot of time jumping off of things so we'd jump off the second story window we'd jump off my friend's roof we'd do all sorts of jumping I've been repelling uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, taking risks. Uh, back then, I was, uh, well, I weighed less. I was more flexible. I think my body could handle jumping out a second-story window without breaking anything. And I really had no responsibility. So if I killed myself, who cares? My parents might be disappointed, but nobody else would. Where now, if I jump off the roof and, like, break something, then I'll be out of work. And I won't be able to provide for my family. And it just wouldn't be a wise choice. So I don't do that. But uh, six years ago, as you may might know, the church sent me on a missions trip to Chile, uh, Santiago, Chile, to the House of Hope. To uh, I was almost there for a month, but we helped build the second House of Hope, this big house. And uh, we did vacation Bible school and other ministry things while we were down there. But I had worked construction for a year, had some experience uh, with doing construction stuff. So when I first showed up uh, at the House of Hope, I started to look around and see what kind of equipment and materials they had. And I saw they had some really old scaffolding, rickety old scaffolding. And I kindly, nicely told them, I said, that scaffolding doesn't look very safe. Uh, I'm not going to get on that scaffolding. So if you want me to cut siding pieces and hand it up to who's ever on that scaffolding, I'll do that. But that just doesn't look very safe to me. And I know uh, I've got a friend that fell off the roof of a church while he was helping, and shattered his back and ruined his race car driving and auto body shop uh, career. Uh, I know someone else that was part of a church, great great man of God, great guy, uh, working construction, and he was on a scaffold, just like pretty much like the one that I was looking at there, and um, so the scaffolding collapsed, and they all fell down. And unfortunately, this man died of internal injuries. So I looked at that scaffolding and I said, "Mm -mm, not going to do that. And they heard me and they went out to the uh, home improvement store there called Easy. It's called the Easy Store. It reminded me of Lowe's. But anyway um we were looking for materials and I think that's where they rented the scaffolding from but they got brand new scaffolding for the volunteers all the volunteers that were going to show up on Saturday to help side the building so they got this nice scaffolding and they put it up and it was great but there are so many volunteers that day that I got reassigned from siding to sheetrocking. so I was leading a crews a sheet rockers. I mean, there wasn't enough material to go around. But anyway, uh, it's like, here, your team can have a hammer. Your team can have, uh, anyway, a knife. So um, when the volunteers started to leave, uh, we still had the scaffolding for a while. So I was up uh, almost as high as you could go, uh, putting up the uh, siding around the windows and stuff. And then they're like, oh, they're coming back for the scaffolding. So they start taking the scaffolding apart all around me, except for the piece that I'm on. So I'm on this little piece of scaffolding and it's wire, it's rocking from side to side. And I'm like, huh, the same thing that I kind of feared is happening right now. And you know, I was kind of hanging on to the plastic window channel and they're laughing at me, saying uh, that if your scaffolding falls, that window channel is not going to save you. But I didn't want to fall. I wanted to be safe. Uh, matter of fact, I was so concerned about getting injured in this country that I had I uh, looked and found the addresses of six places that I could go that would take my insurance in case I got sick or injured while I was there uh, in South America. So, the Bible gives a lot of examples of fear filled choices. The Bible gives an example, many examples of the way that we are um, to live our lives, and then gives us biblical examples of people in the Old Testament and New Testament that did it. So God shows up and he says to Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Israel. And Moses said, no, you've got the wrong guy because he was afraid of speaking. He's like, I'm slow speech. Pick someone else. God's like, nope, you're the man. Uh, When Joshua took over after Moses retired, he had to be constantly reminded to have courage. Uh, He must have been afraid what other people thought of him or maybe he thought that he couldn't do what Moses did. Matter of fact, Joshua 1, 7 through 9 says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you and do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything right written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So uh, Joseph Joseph could have compromised his moral impurity, but he had a healthy fear of God. He didn't want to dishonor God by giving in to that temptation or giving in to that woman? Everybody was afraid of Goliath and young David rolls in full of faith. If I remember right, I think he was delivering pizzas to his brothers, but I might have gotten that from a talking vegetable. I'm not sure. I have to check into that Veggie Tales. Anyway, with great courage, David takes the stand against Goliath and with God's help kills the giant. David had had Bathsheba's husband killed because he was afraid of what people or what would happen when everybody found out about his sin with this guy's wife. Peter was so afraid of people and persecution that he denied Jesus three times. All right, let's look at Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 17. I might skip some words. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree. There was Gideon, son of Joash, and he was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites, the enemies. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. He probably, like, looked behind him. He's like, who are you talking to? You're calling, who? who's the mighty hero? Uh, not me. Anyway, verse 13, Gideon. Uh, Gideon says, Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. The Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And Gideon replied, if you're truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it's really the Lord speaking to me. You can read more about it. Gideon and his fleeces and everything else. I'm sure that you know that story. But anyway, so here God's calling Gideon and Gideon's like, no man, I can't do it. I'm nothing. So I'm the least of everything. I'm the least of the clans. I'm the least in the clan. I am not your mighty hero. You've got some appointment uh, for someone else. It's wrongly addressed to me. Uh, I can't do it. Not going to do it. Anyway, so we could go on and on talking about people from the Old Testament and the New Testament who were held hostage by fear or found victory over fear. But number one, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. So when we fear the Lord, it helps us to live a right life. It helps us to realize that God is on his throne and God sees what we do and how we do it. And God cares. Uh, Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So God is the foundation of true wisdom. So we can learn a lot about living in this world, but we need to learn wisdom from God. So we actually need to have God's insight to know how to rightly apply this knowledge and how to make right choices and how to do things that are uh, as he created, as God has created us. He is the creator and he knows how we are formed and how we are made and how we should live and we should live for him. We should seek him. We should uh, walk in the light of His Word. Proverbs fourteen twenty seven says, "The fear of the Lord is a life giving fountain; it offers escape from the snares of death." All right, the fear of the Lord can be defined as the continual awareness that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we think, say, and do. So, uh, Proverbs one seven says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, a fool doesn't care what God says. A fool doesn't want to know what the Lord requires of him. The fool doesn't think about his eternal destiny. He makes bad choices, and uh, that's why he is called a fool. Uh, the fool has no foundation on which to build wisdom. So, we need to... Begin with a healthy fear of God. So we need to believe that God created us because He loves us. We need to believe that God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. We need to believe that God has the right to have authority over us. We need to believe that God wants you and I to entrust our lives to Him. And to believe that God has the power to change us and will keep us safe as we trust in Him. So without the fear of the Lord... We make decisions based on faulty human understanding. We make decisions based on how we feel, not what God's Word says. And uh, while it might seem convenient, while everybody might enjoy it or like it better, think it's more fun, it has long term consequences. Uh, even more than just disappointing God, it can destroy our lives or even our society when we choose to uh, ignore God's Word, when we choose to do whatever. Uh, we think is right in our own eyes. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. So when I think of making paths straight or clear in the way, I think of uh, big heavy snow hits the road and the snowplow comes through, clears it out, makes it possible for me to get through. Uh, when I acknowledge the Lord's will and I submit my ways to Him, He can make it so that I need to get where I need to go, that I can get what I need, that I can uh, be where He wants me to be and do what He wants me to do. I love that verse. So um, when we put the Lord first in our choices, when we put the Lord first, Lord, first in our lives, then we have a lot less to fear. Uh, Many times we fear things because we have made wrong choices. God knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're doing and he knows why we're doing it. So if there's anything that we're doing that doesn't honor him, maybe we should ask for forgiveness and ask him to help change our ways. Psalm 211 says, Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. God is holy. God is pure. God is perfect. Yet God loves us and cares for us, and we need to have a healthy fear and respect of this holy, righteous, wonderful, heavenly Father we have. Point number two. Point number two, fear bad consequences. Fear bad consequences. So fear the consequences of your poor decisions and your bad actions. So you and I make a lot of bad choices and often we reap what we sow. Uh, I'll read that verse in a minute, but um, I want to show you this video. So, and I want you to not do this. So maybe you'll see yourself in this. It's funny, Um, but don't assume or expect the worst of people like this family did of one another at dinner. So go ahead and watch this. How was work? Nothing unusual. Email was down again, and uh, Bill called me into his office again. What's wrong? Nothing really. He just thinks he can come down and fit in with these blue-collar guys. You know, he's white-collar. Or you've done something wrong, again, and you're getting in trouble. And you'll get demoted, then you'll stop shaving, there goes my vacation. Maybe leaving it fired, and then you'll do that lazy thing and I'll have to go back to work, and there goes the house. We had plans for this house. We'll be living out of our car or out of the street. And eventually, we'll be forced to move in with your mother. How was your day, Kim? Well, Dana's having a party Friday night and I thought I could go. But before you freak out, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I mean, y'all guys know this. You're a great kid, but there's no stopping the peer pressure. It just takes one sip and you're hooked. And then there's the smoking, and the piercings and the tattoos. And the boys. Even good boys don't have good intentions, never mind the bad boys. Oh, and you'll go straight for one of the bad boys and they'll introduce you to all the bad things and you'll get pregnant and drop out of school and we'll never see you again. And we'll be stuck with your kid. What about you, Mom? I've been considering taking up string art. No. Des has been doing some really wonderful things with it. You can do anything with string. Did you know you gonna make refrigerator magnets? Everyone knows string art is a gateway craft. You'll start knitting and making me hats and scarves and sweaters and making me wear those sweaters. And you'll stop dyeing your hair and get those grandma glasses and you'll want a cat, which will kill my allergies and probably lead to more cats. And you'll want to make things and bring it to my class and embarrass me in front of all of my friends. that is so funny at least I think it's funny maybe because I can kind of see myself doing that just a little bit not as far as they went but sometimes I uh I think of consequences for poor choices anyway so Galatians 6 Galatians 6 let's look at that so I'm in the NIV here I'll put the verses on the screen We've probably been doing that the whole time. Anyway, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So you're making a choice to forgive them and to restore them so that they don't fear you. But watch yourselves that you may also be tempted. So have a fear that you might fall into the same kind of temptations or sins they're doing. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Be fearful of that temptation, to think that you are something when you are not. To have that pride, Satan uses that pride, It is not a good thing. Verse 4, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their Instructor, but do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So we should know... Uh, Where we stand in the Lord and know that we reap what we sow, and know that we need to sow to please the Spirit instead of our flesh, instead of our selfish desires to please the Spirit of God. We've been given the Holy Spirit to help us to live the Christian life, to show us when we sin, to um, uh, equip us for ministry, to give us spiritual gifts, to be effective in evangelism and so many more things. but um, And then we should fear that we might miss out on God's best for our life when we give up too soon. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Sometimes we give up too soon. Sometimes we don't even show up because we just assume it's impossible and there's no way, no way that it will ever work out. So, uh stay in whatever it is that God called you to be in as long as it takes for either to be successful or for God to reassign you. So Proverbs 29:25 says that fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So when we fear people, we often don't want to do God's will. When we're people pleasers, we do everything we can to uh, make people happy with us, which means we might compromise our standards. We might not want to share Jesus with somebody because we're afraid of what they'll think of us. We might not want to live out our Christian convictions or stand up for our Christian convictions because we're afraid that people will speak poorly of us or we'll get fired or, uh, you know, there's just all of these conflicts and all of these loud voices especially on social media that makes people fearful but Psalm 118:6 says the lord is with me i will not be afraid what can mere mortals do to me and we all know that they can hurt us they can fire us they can pers they can kill us but we are secure in jesus so most likely that's not going to happen but on the other hand When we put the Lord first and we seek to please Him first, we always come out ahead. We always come out ahead when we put God first. Isaiah 12, 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord Himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So many times when we are fearful, so many times when we don't know what to do, God makes stuff happen. Sometimes he waits until the last minute. Sometimes he waits until we've exhausted all of our own resources, until we've tried to do everything on our own. When it's so impossible and we're discouraged, we're about to give up, then God does something miraculous. And we praise him for it because we know it was a God thing. We know it wasn't anything that we could do on our own, that it was all God. And then we tell all of our friends and our children and their children's children because we've had a God sighting. And God has blessed us and answered our prayer in our time of need. So John 12, 42 talks about fear again. It says, At the same time, many even among the leaders believed in Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith. For fear, they would be put out of the synagogue. So again, this fear, this fear has consequences. So they didn't want to publicly follow Jesus because they didn't want to lose their place in the synagogue. So maybe once they learned more about what Jesus was doing when when Jesus died and rose again, maybe uh, they like said, you know what, we're going to follow Jesus after all. So. All right. First Peter three, 13 through 18 talks about living the Christian life and about persecution and suffering and a result of our choices. So um, this one's from the New Living Translation because I thought it read clear. Anyway, now who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. You know, those are some consequences right there. If you're prayed up and available to be used by God, you might help somebody to um, cross over from eternal death to eternal life. Help them to become a born-again Christ follower because you are uh, prepared and ready to serve because your life is a life of worship and you don't care what people think. Now, you're going to be kind and polite, but you're not going to be shut down uh, because you're afraid that somebody might disagree with you because you know whom you believed. Uh, Verse 16, do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear that if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. And it says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. One of the best choices that we can make is to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We all have a problem with sin. The Bible says that we're all sinners, and the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him." For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sin, to come into your life and save you? A great way to do that is praying. Um, Now this prayer, the words don't save you. It's the attitude and the desire of your heart that saves you. So if you truly want to be saved and come into a right personal relationship with Jesus Christ, would you pray something like this maybe? Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. I acknowledge that you died on the cross and you rose again from my sins and that you've ascended into heaven and you're going to come back for me someday. But I want to follow you and I want to live for you. So Jesus, forgive me and come into my life and save me. I want to be the person you created me to be or something like that. So And that leaves us to be fearless in Jesus. So when we have Christ in our life and our sins are forgiven and we're living a life that pleases God, then we can have a lot less fears in life. And if you just prayed that, you can be fearless in Jesus. Number three fearless in Jesus. That doesn't mean you won't be afraid of spiders or snakes or uh, some of those things, but uh, it does mean that you don't have to fear eternal separation from God. You don't have to fear a hopeless life. You don't have to fear that God's going to leave you um, without help, without um, caring about you, so because he loves you first john four eighteen there 's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love, so you and I we need to follow after the Lord, and walk in His love, and live in His love, and express His love to others. So we have been given the Holy Spirit to encourage us, and Jesus has paid the price for our sin to make us right with God. So many things we can't do on our own, but we can do in the Spirit's power. So many times Jesus calls us to do things that He knows we will never be able to do alone, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we follow after the Lord and we do his will. So we're fearless in Jesus because we know whom we have believed and that in Christ we are loved. Uh, our favorite Bible verse that everybody memorizes first is John three sixteen that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And if you jump to verse 36, it says, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. So the person without Christ, should be fearful of what's going to happen when they die, fearful of what's going to happen when Christ returns. But the person with Christ knows that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, according to Romans 8.1. So we know whom we have believed, and then we have less to fear. We pray for things in Jesus' name. We wait. We patiently wait for him to provide. He promises as we As we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'll provide all that we need. And Romans 8.38 says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I read the story that says, uh, When businessman Alan Emery was in the wool business, he once spent an evening with a shepherd on the Texas prairie. During the night, the long wail of coyotes pierced the air. The shepherd's dogs growled and peered into the darkness. The sheep, which had been sleeping, lumbered to their feet, alarmed, bleeding pitifully. The shepherd tossed more logs onto the fire, and the flame shot up. And in the glow, Adam looked out and saw thousands of little lights. He realized those were the reflections of the fire and the eyes of the sheep, in the midst of danger he observed that sheep were not looking out into the darkness but were keeping their eyes set in the direction of their safety looking toward the shepherd i couldn't think i couldn't help but think of hebrews 12 looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith so we are to be courageous in jesus christ we are to live out our lives uh trusting Uh, asking for every need and trusting that God will provide. And it's so easy to talk about, and sometimes it's really hard to do. But when you are afraid, just start looking through God's Word and claiming His precious prayer promises and knowing that the Spirit of God, well, here it says, For the Spirit of God... For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And says that in 2 Timothy 1, 7. Romans eight fifteen says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, trusting our Heavenly Father. Uh, crying out in our time of need when we feel like there's something to fear, we need to pray it through. Uh, Maybe we need to get other people praying for us too. Have you prayed for things and God has answered? Has he helped you? Uh, There's been things that I've totally feared that have not happened. Uh, Things that I thought for sure were going to fall apart and they did not. Uh, Things that I thought were going to cause financial ruin or difficulty and uh, God sustained and helped and um, not everything's always perfect, but the Lord provides what we need. Uh, Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Sometimes he doesn't change the situation. Just sometimes he gives you courage to get through it. Uh, Romans fifteen, thirteen: may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So... um biblical counseling keys is a great resource. Um, biblical counseling keys on fear, no longer afraid is a great resource from June hunt. Uh, if you, um, are struggling with fear and anxiety, and you can, uh, buy it on Amazon or Google play or whatever. Uh, let me know if you're interested and I can help you get the resource, but I know that I'm over time and, uh, You can turn this off if you want. But otherwise, I'm going to go a little longer, I think, here, and just read some things from the Biblical Counseling Keys about fear. Psalm 139, 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So searching, searching, searching your heart. Um, June Hunt says, identify your specific fear of what are you truly afraid. Then ask yourself, is my fear tied to recent events or did it originate from a specific situation in the past? Is my fear of the object or situation a true threat or merely a perceived threat? Is my fear wrongly associated with an event or object that should, be not, feared, that should not be feared? Is my fear coming from certain places, people, or things that remind me of possible fearful consequences? Is my fear due to a persistent fear-based mentality, even though the relationship or lifestyle in which it was rooted no longer exists? and is my fear a result of having faked fear to get attention over such a long period of time that fear has now become real to me that's crazy to think about but that really happens all right um it says when you feel afraid of a certain of a person or a situation ask yourself if what you are afraid of is certain to happen, evaluate, is what I fear actually likely to happen? Realize that fixating on your fear guarantees its repetition and understand that most fears have nothing to do with what's happening now. So determine how current the fear that you are presently feeling is and ask yourself, what was the past trauma that first instigated my fear? What past fear am I bringing to the, into the present? When did this fear first begin? How old am I emotionally when I'm feeling this fear? Where am I when I'm feeling this fear? What is going on when I'm feeling this fear? How is this fear affecting my life now? And what is it costing me? It says, decide, are you determined to get out of the grip of fear? If so, do what it takes to control your fear and to change from being fearful. Tell yourself, I will not let this fear run my life. I will not let past fears control me. Decide to live in the here and now and act in a way that is not based on fear. Repeat this phrase over and over. That was then and this is now. That was then and this is now. Share your fear and your plan for change with a trustworthy person. How to move from fear to faith. Begin with a healthy fear of God. We already talked about that. Um... Be aware that living in a state of fear is not part of God's plan for you. Fear-based thinking suggests that you may not be fully trusting God. Fear-based thinking does not appropriate the grace of God. Fear-based thinking keeps you in bondage to fear. And it's, fear-based thinking is physically, emotionally, and spiritually damaging. Be willing to analyze your fear honestly to discover the real source of your fear. Is it a fear of rejection? Do you need to be loved? Is it a fear of failure? Do you need to feel significant? Is it a fear of financial loss? Do you need to feel secure? And be aware of God's love for you. God's love provides you with complete acceptance. God's love provides you with a realization of your true value. God's love provides you with the power to overcome fear. And God's love provides you with true security. Jeremiah 31 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with everlasting kindness. Be committed to developing your faith in the Lord. Be actively involved in a Bible study. Be in daily prayer. Be constantly active in the local church that teaches God's word. Be committed to memorizing and meditating on God's word. And be obedient to God's prompting in your spirit. Be involved with other believers. Be engaged with fellow Christians. Be willing to testify to God's faithfulness in your life. Be focused on serving others. Be aware of the twofold responsibility of Christ and yours in assisting others in need. Be accountable to a small, intimate group of growing Christians. and Begin using truths from God's word to reign in your fear-producing imagination the moment it starts spinning out of control. Psalm 56.3, When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? And Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. So um, Martin Luther made this interesting observation in Table Talk. He says that God and the devil take opposite tactics in regard to fear. The Lord first allows us to become afraid that he might relieve our fears and comforts us. The devil, on the other hand, makes us feel secure in our pride and sins that we might later be overwhelmed with fear and despair. So, uh, the biblical counseling manual uh, has a lot more. Um, It says, be willing to face the situations you fear through faith and the power of Christ. Know that Christ is always ready to respond to your needs. Acknowledge his actual presence and call for his help. Release your fear to him and receive his powerful love and act in love toward others by focusing on their needs and relying on God. And become free from your fear and strengthened in your faith. Become more trusting. Become more peaceful. Become more thankful. Become more Christ-like. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Lord, I don't know uh, who I've just uh, shared this with, but I know that everybody's got a lot of fear. And I pray that first they would come into a saving right relationship with you and that they would receive the Holy Spirit, which we all do when we get saved, and that the Holy Spirit would empower us to uh, read your word and apply it to our lives and have a confident hope in you that you would help us to um, be courageous in the midst of a fearful time. Lord, no matter what happens in the political arena, that we will trust in you. No matter what happens with the virus and our health, that we will trust in you. That you will provide for us in every way, and we can be generous and help other people in need. But we pray that you would give us victory over fear. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, next week, victory over temptation and failure victory over temptation and failure. If you believe this message went too long and was a failure, let me know and I will use it as an illustration in next week's message. Anyway, uh, thanks for watching up to this point. I hope that uh, uh, we've been able to encourage you somehow. So have a great week. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping. E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.